0: Fab and Fem Zone, it's your place to be inspired and empowered. Bonnie Gale, body liberator, and Mia Sines, self love teacher, take you on a journey to
1: live your extraordinary lifestyle of Fab and Fem.
0: Wow. Welcome, everyone, to this fabulous Wednesday on Fab and Fem Zone. I'm Mia Sines, one of your co-hosts, and I love to always introduce Bonnie Gale. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Mia. How are you? I'm great today. How are you? Good. I hear you're in Vegas. I am. Isn't that fun? (laughs) Are you having fun? I am having an amazing time. I got to have a fabulous dinner and night with um, my PR agent, who's also a friend. And so, of Mm -hmm. course, that made it all special. And here with my uh, sons who are grown, fabulous time. Yes, Mm. thank you.
1: That is awesome.
0: It is. It is. So, how have you been this week? Because we share an office and I've been gone. And (laughs) I want to know how you've been. I've actually
1: been good. I've been good. It's a little stressful here. We have some construction going on outside, but other than that, things are good. Awesome.
0: So do you have a beautiful tip for us this week?
1: I do. I do. I have a really good tip. And that tip is really, and I'm going to say this um, because I actually was in touch with a credit person the other day. So I want you, so Please be sure to make sure that everything's okay with your credit. Please check your credit on a regular basis because there's so much fraud going on. There's so much identity theft out there right now. If you don't keep on top of things, you know, there's a chance that you could end up with identity theft, and it's really a big nightmare to get out of. So my tip is for everybody to get LifeLock so that they know when somebody is accessing their credit Mm -hmm. and who it is and they can protect themselves that way.
0: Lifelock, awesome. So what do they do for that? Do they just look it up on, or do they, what do they do? Yeah, you can just look uh, it up
1: online. It's pretty easy. There's different kinds of, um, they have different levels of service. You know, I just, you know, there's a lot of fraud going on right now. I have seen fraud in some of my clients' bank accounts. Um, I've seen it on credit cards. You know that my clients have. I've seen it in my own case. We, I just had to change out a debit card because the bank called me and said that there was that it was you know fraud. So it's rampant, and so basically, I'm just trying to help people be proactive.
0: Cool. Very, very cool. That's that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yep. So my tip for the week, for the day, for your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit different because. Uh, My my side of away from business is the self-love work. So it literally is about creating a life that loves you back, which is, you know, one of the things that I talk about. And Mm. because as we do, we're healing our interpersonal conversation and we, of course, we're growing our emotional intelligence level, but I experienced this this morning with my kids where I got triggered slightly on something, because, you know, brothers who will grow up together, they can look at each other, and they know what they're talking about, and I don't. And instantly, I shifted that. Well, it took about a few minutes. I shifted it. But let me tell you, I am a different person than I was 10 years ago. And every single person can create, when they feel pain and stuff, they can recreate their life so that they're not triggered by little things. And that they can have that confidence and joy to express, not just with themselves, but with the people that they love. So that's my tip because I'm so aware of this at this moment in time Mm -hmm. right now because it's happened this morning over breakfast. And I just thought, I love them so much that we could actually be normal, functioning families. So remember, we take this into our everyday life outside, not just Mm -hmm. home and family. It's who we are. So that's my tip. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And today on Fabulous. the show, <laughs> Mia's going to be our guest. And I'm Ooh. really excited to interview her because I actually don't think I ex- ever have interviewed Mia, to be honest with you. And she is a love alchemist. She's a third generation metaphysical practitioner. Yes, she has lots and lots of gifts and talents. Um, she learned the wisdom of healing and prayer from her well known grandmother. Mia is a self-love teacher for anyone who feels alone and yet dreams of knowing the joy of a love-soaked life. And, so um, nice. you know, it's very interesting because Mia has been dealing in all depths of love. Like she has, I know that she's, you know, been a self-love coach. Uh, love changes the energy of your story. She also has been a relationship coach. You know, she's been a business coach. So love comes out in all kinds of ways with Mia. And she teaches love mastery, spiritual elite, and business mentoring.
0: Welcome, Mia. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm excited to be here. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's really crazy, and I just have to say this. People might be saying, you guys have a business together, you know, that's on the business side. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and yet Bonnie doesn't know this about Mia. Let me tell you guys, your closest friends don't know you unless they dig into your stuff because it's just the way it works and don't feel bad. So this is very cool that Bonnie gets (laughs) to know a little bit more about me in a different way, just like my family. You know, if they don't dig into my work, they don't know who I am. They only get to experience me. So this is awesome.
1: I know. I love this. I love this. So I'd love for you to start out with sharing like your story of how you came to being a self-love teacher, because that's not like the regular thing, like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant or a fireman or a policeman, (laughs) a self-love teacher. How did that happen? So I can't wait to hear your story.
0: Awesome. Thanks. So my story, like everybody's, and we don't realize this, began at birth. Um, I'm what's considered an illegitimate child, um, you know, a bastard child kind of thing. I'm the youngest of four siblings. I lost my twin sister at birth. So my life was rather chaotic growing up, even though I had this fabulous grandmother um, who taught me well, but it seemed to miss an area within my mother and My life just proceeded in chaos until I stopped it. And it wasn't until I was an adult. doesn't mean that I was out of control or anything. It's just the opposite. I was introverted so much that, you know how when we're growing up, people say, oh, you're snobby or bitchy or this or that. It's not that. It's that I was so shy. I couldn't get outside of my own self to be the type of person I am today. So I started studying self-love. When I was 24, before my 25th birthday, I needed, I needed, and I'll say it again, I needed my life to change. I realized in that moment that if my life didn't change, I didn't want to live. Now, I didn't want to kill myself, of course. I had no intention. So guess what I did? I jumped on the wagon to discover how I could change my life. And the rest is history. I had moments with my beautiful children that, I was very ill for about 10 years, Um, so that slowed down my process of, yes, the self-love was always there, but it wasn't always activated, because when you're not well, a not well person, um, and you believe that you, when I say you believe, of course it happened. When you experience depression or your body isn't working right, a lot of stuff, you're not mentally sharp and able to stay on top of your stuff. So... It wasn't until after 9-11, which totally collapsed me, that I had a change in my life experience. So 9-11 was in 2001. Uh, In 2005, I was doing back-to-school shopping or trying my very best at a major department store that carries everything. I can't say the name of it. Uh, Boxes came down and hit me on the head, and they took me away by ambulance, and I was never to walk. Straight upright again until 2009, when I changed my life, or 2008, when I changed my life. I was in physical oh therapy for, yeah, it was crazy. I was in physical therapy four to five times a week, um, an hour and a half stretches. They would heat me, massage me, stretch me, pull me, and ice me, and I was off on my own. Did, it, did I feel a bit better afterwards? No. I used a wheelchair um, most of the time outside. I used a cane in the house. I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't take care of my children. So my life was was in the, in the framework of me dying, more or less. My spirit died. My body was dying. And in 2008, doctors had said to me, you need to get your affairs in order. Your organs are closing and you have less than two years to live. I had been at the doctor's one doctor, not just a the physical therapy, but one doctor at least every single week for five years. Um, and it was before the accident, too. Um, when I say um, it's because it's a little bit emotional, and I'm trying to think about that. It was a very, very crazy experience. Sometimes I had a couple of doctors in a week. Um, life was not, not anything. And so, I woke up a month after the doctors told me that I needed to get my affairs in order. You know, what do you do when that happens? You, I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> I don't,
1: I have no idea. <laughs> oh my God.
0: I've never been told that. That's like
1: not a really common thing to hear. Like how old were you in your forties?
0: Yes, I was, I was 44 or 45. I was 45 and um, yeah, no, I was 44 and on my 45th birthday, a month later, well, so what, what do you do? I go home, I think about it, I tell my husband, then I tell my kids, and you start to think that you have to prepare for the worst. And in that month, between that information and my birthday when my life changed, was a very dark experience of me seeing myself being carried, and I've never spoken about this, so here I go emotional was seeing myself carried out on a journey, you know, after I was dead. And what it would be like to take me down, out and leave the house. That was my life for 30 days. And when I woke up on my birthday, the light that came through now, part of the story that I didn't tell you was I slept 20 hours a day, I could not be up, I would be passed out cold, like I was in a coma. And if I stayed up longer, I literally would be in a coma effect. I and mean, we've had that where we had a birthday party for my oldest son one year. We drove. Um, we were living in Mexico because my husband was doing a movie, and we drove to Los Angeles to have a party with his friends. Drove back home to our place in Mexico, and I slept. I was passed out for two or two and a half days. I woke up. That was a Sunday night. I woke up on a Wednesday or something. And my kids said that I had slept entirely the entire time i was I was uh, out of it, I was disoriented i didn't know why I was not in a hospital who was looking after me what I really get you know you have these questions going through your head and so, so were,
1: what were you were you diagnosed with something
0: my well, I had everything i had um, uh, I had sleep apnea so bad that I had to be on a machine or else my um, I couldn't breathe at night and they were afraid of a stroke or a heart attack. Um, mm-hmm. The accident where I was hit on the head paralyzed my arms and legs, not all the time, but there were moments where I would drag my leg or I couldn't walk. My back hurt. Um, so you had nerve obviously. damage. I had nerve, very serious nerve damage. And my body was deteriorating very, very fast. You know, at this point, besides being at the time bipolar and all this stuff, I can't even remember. I had uh, beginning stages of esophageal reflux cancer. Um, uh, So much was so wrong and so bad that at this point, I've left that life and changed who I am. I'm not on the medication. I do have two meds that I take to sustain me in certain areas that I need. But when you're on 11 medications and you're not, You know, and you come off of that, life is glorious. So sleeping uh, 20 hours a day with only two stretches of being awake about two hours is not a life for anyone. So on my birthday, I woke up and the light came through my room so beautiful. And yes, I am a God girl and I'm a spiritual girl. And so even in the depths of that fogginess that I lived in, I said, wow, God is here with me. I feel the presence even stronger And I'm just going to go with this feeling. It was my birthday. So that was one of the birthday gifts that I gave myself. Thank goodness that I did. Because when I got up, sat on the couch like I did every single day so I could observe my children. That's how I spent time with them was sitting there because I couldn't cook for them. It would take me all day if I even tried to prepare a meal because I'd have to chop vegetables or whatever for five minutes. Go, Go rest. Chop more. Go rest. Chop more. Go rest. I couldn't really clean dishes or anything. I was not the woman that I was when they were little. And I'm not the woman by far that I am today. And so. So, did you have help? I mean, did you have help in your family? I mean. Yes, Yes, we did. We had somebody who had to help take care of me. Yeah. Okay. Who would come in and out of the house. So, okay. yes, I was, care- I was cared for. <laughs> well, because it's,
1: it sounds like you were, like, literally just there by yourself with,
0: like, your kids, but you couldn't do anything, you know, so that's why I'm well, asking. My, my husband was not there a lot because he was in the movie business and they worked 16-hour days. So, yes, I felt like a single mom. And so, so that, the moment of this discovery came when I was sitting on the couch waiting for my kids to come out so that I could see and be with them. And, and, yes, my kids also helped me a lot, you know, more than children probably should. and Not that I demanded it, but they would come to me and say, what do you need, Mommy? What do you need? You know, are you okay? What do you need? Because we had had a beautiful relationship before that accident where I was hitting the head and also before 9-11. We were very close. I was the head of their early childhood department um, at their private school, I, um, that way I could be in the classrooms, I could watch the other room moms, I could orchestrate everything. They had a really, really fab life. And so coming out of 9-11, where um, the trauma from 9-11 mixed, it, it, it brought my PTSD up so bad that, I, that that's where I became bipolar and I couldn't function. And then the accident happened in 2005. So, you know, life was pretty grim. So you guys have that picture that it was grim. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I hear this message. And it says, you've been unhappy your whole life. What would it be like to be happy? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine on your 45th birthday having that come to you and saying, for sure, that's exactly how I feel. But oh how, could I, how could I be happy? And when I realized that this was the absolute truth, about my life. I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave to so many people that I broke my body down in every aspect. I didn't think about Mia. In fact, from 9-11, I wore my hair, and especially after that accident, my hair was in a ponytail constantly. Um, I never looked in the mirror. So of course, the mirror work that I'm so famous for (laughs) didn't exist during that time. Um, It was incredible because I I answered with, and I knew that this was a moment with God, and I answered with, I don't know what to do. How do I do that? How do I look at this? And I heard, you know, examine the five pillars of your life. Now, whether this turned into my higher self or divine love working through with me, which is what I believe, I said, okay, so that's spirituality, that's relationship, that's body. That's work, and that's home. Great. I'll examine those. That was the start of the most important moment of my life, which I have named Dream, Believe, Create, which is the first process that I began teaching to help people be inspired. Remember, I used to be branded the Passion Muse, and that Mm -hmm. was to inspire people to discover their passion, which I had to discover in order to save my own life. So when I went through all these elements, well, even before that, I could see literally on a stool sitting across the room, I could see my saboteur, me, telling me, Mm -hmm. no, we are not going to die in two years. They're wrong. We're going to show them. You're going to be fine. Well, I was playing Russian roulette with my life for so long, not taking care of myself that this was my moment. It took my birthday and this special moment for me to say, shut up. You know, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Those subconscious voices inside our head can be quite nasty, can't they?
0: They really can. They're, they just will destroy us if if we allow it to persist. So, right. I took the spirituality. I knew I wanted to keep growing. I knew that my goal as a little girl was to be like my grandmother, to be a teacher of spirituality, of metaphysics, to be a healer to be a practitioner, to be a teacher, and and a lecturer. And so life was different for my grandmother when she was well known in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, They didn't do TV stuff, they didn't do radio stuff like they did now. But I enjoyed going with her and traveling to see her patients. She was a miracle, amazing. She had an office in her home that my grandfather built for her. And she had an office on Second Street in Santa Monica. Who so, had that uh, back, back then? You know, I mean, it was <laughs> I have some, I have some fabulous people to look up to in my life, um, and and we have to remember that for each of us, there can be like for me, my mother, whom I love, um, but was not a mother per se. So I had my grandmother. I had glimpses, or more than glimpses, I had experiences with my grandfather who was married to my grandmother. I had my daddy. I had, you know, memories and thoughts of my great-grandmother or my grandmother on my father's side before she passed. So we take those and we utilize to support us. Even if there's negativity with some of those people in our family, we just don't have to uh, be a part of that. So the spiritual side was good. Then, Then we get to the relationship side. And let me tell you, I've already gone through the home and, and the work stuff and how I wanted to create it. But these two, the body and the relationship is what sparked my passion. I saw my husband that I had been married to since I was 18, and I was, had just turned 45. And I said, wow, this is crazy. This is not the man I feel that I should be with. He's dead inside. He's not inspired. If I stay with him, this was my experience, if I stay with him, I'm going to die. And so in that moment, a, a shift of an image of who my mate would be or what they would be like came forward. And it, I have to repeat again, like I do on all interviews, he is more like the man that I'm married to at the moment um that sounds funny at the moment
1: at the Um, moment oh my god it's
0: it's only because you know our life we we go through many trials and we have to understand we don't know where our life will take us we know we're happy now we know we want to be with some people but we also know that you know we traverse this beautiful path so when I saw that, I also saw my body. My body was nimble, flexible, sexy. She was uh, having great, great, great fun. Those were the two things. The happy, beautiful relationship and my body movement were the two things that motivated this giant change that I leaped forward into. So I could see that I had this ability to try, at least try, and save my life. So my youngest son, you know him, Bonnie my youngest mm-hmm. son is was very much my confidant at the time and I said to him I just had this amazing vision I explained it to him and I, said, I just had this amazing vision and I am going to live well what does a little child say he wasn't little he was 13 but what does a, a 12 13 year old say I'm so happy mommy I'm so happy right so that's all it took for me to literally put the steps in motion. And I had to discover what passion truly meant, what it was like. How do we keep passion to moving forward? People have always told me I've been a passionate person, you know, just even with as a child with my attitude and my enthusiasm when I did have it, you know, it was quite passionate. And so I thought, wow, what was that like? So I went back to viewing what children go through for passion, and that is they roll down anthills, you know, over anthills to play, they stomp and crawl through mud puddles when they're building force, they have the greatest time. There's freedom there, there's courage, there's belief, there's faith, there's love, there's a desire to just be. So I thought, wow, with those qualities, I can go forward and change my life. And so I thought, okay, so what what does it need to change? I need to get out of the chair. I need to build my inner core. I need to lose weight, I need to be mobile, and so I put a path forward, and I allowed myself approximately four months to January 1st, 2009. Now, this was not a resolution. This was a moment in time where I knew it would take time to to build and change who I was structurally, and so I went, went forward and moved in that path, and it seemed to be working, and then in December, I got information, you know, these things that come to us as spiritual beings, as as regular people too, we get these ideas that we want to create and we go and we create them. And I, I said to my son, the same son, I said, wow, I just realized that I've been afraid to get my work published. I want to be published in 2009. And of course, again, sweet child says, oh, I'm so happy for you, mom. I want to see that. So I had told my kids that If I could, even if I could only show you before I die, I don't know when that'll be. Let's hope that it's not until I'm old and the doctors are wrong. If I can live and change my life to a degree that shows you that the legacy I'm leaving you is the ability to dream and create, I will be happy. So we know that I did more than that because I'm here today. So I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. for that. So... In December, oh. you know, I made that declaration, as I said, right? And so January 1st came, and I woke up with the notion, which I had planned before because this is how passion trains us and follows us and perceives us, that we say no to nothing that will get in our way. And so how I do you know But what, how
1: do you know if something's going to get in your way or not?
0: Well, for me, because of my inability to stand up to move I had to you know I had to start working out do a different food plan I discovered all those where I was going to go how I was going to eat but my thing was how am I going to take my kids places that they need to go with this new motivation of I can do it and I'm going to say no to to nothing everything they ask for that's you know normal stuff like not let's rob the bank but you know <laughs> can, I here? can I go here can I go there of course you can you know they're safe and all that of course I can drive you I can do the dishes that was the dishes were my biggest fear so I get up the first day on um, january 1st and I go to conquer those dishes dang it it took me two and a half hours to do regular dishes but wow. I knew that I would build the strength up. I mean, my knees were bent. My back was, um, you know, I was pushing my butt under to be able to stand up longer. I was doing everything I physically could do to accomplish this simple task that most people take for granted, washing dishes. But I knew that in a week or two, it would only take me 20 minutes. So guess what? That's exactly what happened. The no's were out of the way and the yes door was open. So that's how my life changed, was that impassioned, uh, empowered way of stepping forward and into it. And then I realized, like two weeks into this, so much happened, Bonnie. This was before, a couple years before you and I met. Um, mm-hmm. So much happened. I heard from the from a publishing company two weeks into January, so the middle of January, They they called me. They didn't even email me. They called me and they said, we've heard about your writing. We've heard about the journey that you're on. And we'd like you to be a part of a book that we're writing. And I was like, wow, okay. So I met with them for five months um, with a few other people. And we created this fabulous book. I have three chapters in my very first book ever. And so what was the book about? The book was about life experiences. It's called whispers from our past.
1: And it it wasn't about self-love.
0: No, it wasn't. Well, because at that point, I didn't know I wanted to be a self-love teacher. So as Mm -hmm. I gained my strength and everything, and I was losing 20 pounds a month for seven months. I mean, it was fabulous. But on month six, we went to have our book signing. And this was the pinnacle of of the uh, professional life that would change me. Now, you know, Bonnie, that I've had 15 businesses in my life, and yes, some of those I created in that more comatose state, like I had a medical supply business that I was able to operate from a computer, from a phone, and from, yeah, I had to have deliveries made and things like that, but from my home office, which is kind of remarkable when I was only awake a couple hours a day. I mean, that's that's what I was focused on. My business is when I was awake and my children. So... As we move forward through this, and it's our book, you know, it's our big book planning day, there's about 75 to 100 people there. It was remarkable. And when it came to them to introduce me, they said this they said, This is someone that you have to know. This is a woman who has changed her life and has changed our life. She's lost over 100 pounds in front of our eyes. She's the most joyous, sweet woman you'll ever meet nobody had talked about me like that. And it's like, wow, everybody just perked up. And I got up there to read my chapter and I stopped partway through it where it was, you know, the, the point where, or one of my chapters, the point where I knew that people would have to buy the book, you know, I stopped and nobody wanted me to stop reading. They wanted me to keep going. And guess what happened afterwards? Everybody, everybody the came up. Yes. And there, my line was the longest one going like from one wall way down, like there were 25, 30 people in my line for me to sign their book. And they kept saying, you're pretty remarkable. I want to know more. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. That's when I got the coaching and mentoring bug. <laughs> so it was really, really beautiful, this whole process. And I just, my life began and my life has never stopped. And as you know, I, believe that we create our life to love us back. And we do have moments where it stops and we can't do that. You know, or we we fall sick or we're you know, it's unusual for me to go into a depression, which I don't, but I've experienced something this past year where I was feeling more depressed and I came out of it again even stronger. These are moments where we have the choice to grow or decline. And mm-hmm. so if we take that motivation forward, we are even more in growth, more in joy, more in abundance, more in love when we come back out on the other side. These are just training methods for people who are very, very strong. So anybody listening who feels that your life is lower because you're depressed or you're sick, rethink those thoughts. These are opportunities for us to move through it with love, and to be more abundant and supportive of the universe and world around us.
1: Well, not only that, I mean, hey, look, if those are the messages that you're putting out there, that's what you're going to get back. So I have a really important question for you because, you know, I know that this is, the whole self-love thing is a huge challenge for so many people. Why is this concept so challenging?
0: Well, first of all, we're not taught love and we're not taught to love others. Our parents, bless their hearts, have done the very best they can. They have learned from their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. It has taken a conscious global awareness for all of us to start to wake up and spark forward. It's like a wildfire, it starts in one section naturally. And then it moves and shifts and it grows so big that it takes all these firemen to put it out. Well, on conscious awareness, you can't put out the fire. So we are moving forward really fast. So you asked, how come more people aren't into this or haven't learned? No, why is the
1: concept so challenging? It's not about being into it. It's like, why is it so difficult to love ourselves?
0: Well, that's one of the things that I was getting into here. So our subconscious... Most people are afraid of the word subconscious and what it is. Our subconscious is our program that, that we have developed through our lifetime. And it's actually there to serve us and to support us. So as an adult we or as children, we, a lot of people are raising their children with self-love. It, we're reprogramming what and who we believe we are so that our subconscious can regurgitate up this information that will shift and change us now that is part of the topic of self-love why is it so hard because no one has actually taught each person you know our parents haven't taught us how to be gentle how to surrender into a moment of frustration and look at it and evaluate it this is all emotional intelligence growing and raising we operate on a level where we don't think about what we're doing, or at least most of society, you know, until they do. We operate out of an existing chaotic framework. And that's not what self-love is about. Self-love is about honoring ourselves first, recognizing areas in which we need to grow and to love more, and stepping into those places in order to change and shift our life. There are tips and tools and processes That literally do this. We can't just say, This is the beginning to say, I want to be more loving. I want to have self love. I want to love. I want to grow. Those that's the opening to the universe. You're saying and stating, this is what I want. But guess what? Most people say, I don't know how to get there. I can't get there. And so They have just told themselves, you are one that I hear all the time, look at what you're saying, you know, you tell people. So exactly, they're not listening or looking at what they're saying. And so it goes back into their subconscious to regurgitate again that they can't accomplish the simple thing of being loved or loving. When actually we are born amazing love beings, we are so full of love, it's the that that have been told, be quiet, go stand in the corner, you don't have anything to say, think before you speak, why are you talking? And especially for females, this has been the protocol in life for most of us. You know, we're told, you're just a girl, be quiet. Now, fortunately, this new, newer generations don't experience that as much as probably you or I or, or our ancestors have. It's all the way in which we view life and move forward. and Well, I mean, that's true. But let me tell you,
1: the other side of that is, like, who even knew to ask for self-love when we were growing up? I mean, nobody talked about this stuff at that point in time. I mean, I know that my mom, you know, like the self-help books that were out in the 60s when we were born is are totally different than what's out there today. Mm-hmm. Like nobody talked about, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't aware, and and that's possible too, but I can tell you like I never even heard of the concept of self-love. I never even heard of wanting self-love, needing self-love. You know, like it just wasn't even – there, it just wasn't even in existence. I never even heard those words together,
0: self and well, love. Well, that has become very popular in the last ten, 10 years or so. The, the term self-love. No, we didn't hear it. What it was is the the terms that we were looking for is I want to be loved more. That's what we were desiring and things like that. When metaphysics has been around since the late eighteen hundreds, at least in written form. And so it's certain concepts of people's thoughts that bring this forward. Remember in the 60s, 70s, we started to hear somewhat about these people called New Age. What the hell is New right. Age? I had, an aunt, I had an aunt that was New Age. And, hippie and hippies, world. yeah. But, right. And, you know, I remember she used to drink yogurt and do yoga and meditate. Well, guess what?
1: And, and free because. love, free love. I, now, I did World hear that war. word, free love, but, but not, free, not, but not free, self-love, but free love, but free
0: love yes. Free, free love is sexual. Free love is let's be able to knock down the uh, borders of constraint against us. Remember, we came out of World War Two. then we had the Korean War, and then we were into the Vietnam War, and everybody was freaking out because money, war, and... and um, Hardship was the key. They would show things on TV like um, Father Knows Best and things like those type of shows to bring about some kind of a, a joy or happiness. But in most people's lives, they didn't le- live with that. So free love was a revolution, and it was—it is part of the love revolution. The beginning. These guys are our forefounders. We mm-hmm. are part of the love revolution right now. As. as you know, obviously you know because you've written right. you, know, you, you know about this stuff so right. the point is, is is free love was the beginning of that self-empowerment that revolution, that freedom that who am I, who can I be I'm not going to listen to what you're saying because I fought in the wars, my father's fought in the wars, we've lost people we want to have fun, we want freedom that is not allowed to us today. The 60s was the biggest revolution so far even more than we are now it's what brought us to the place we are today and i am so grateful for martin luther king so grateful for john lennon so grateful for george harrison all these people who could come forward and talk about love and demand love so when i was a little child i was very much a love being of you know you know how i am i was that way mm-hmm. when i was a child and mm-hmm. so On the playground, kids would get bullied. Guess who would go up and say, what are you doing? Back off. And usually it was something like, you know, oh, they're Mexican or they're this. And I would just like, I would stand in their way to stop these fights. And I didn't know that I was a love activist when I was a kid, but this is what I did. Why? Because it wasn't right for them to pick on somebody, not their own size, pick on somebody, period. I remember... Having to deliver a package for my mom to my brother's Boy Scout leader, Cub Scout leader's house for the Cub Scout leader's wife. So I'm walking and I go there. My brother's at a meeting and there's three kids outside, my brother and two kids that are about a foot bigger than him. My brother's two years older than me. He is legally blind in one eye. He was wearing glasses. He was a nerdy little kid. He turned out to be a gorgeous man, but he was a nerdy little kid. And These kids were kind of picking on him, like, oh, your little sister's here, da-da-da. And I said, what are you doing? And they were like, you know how little kids ramp around. I remember kicking two older kids' asses because they were picking on me and my brother. Now, not to be like, oh, we fight. No, they were hurting him, and I couldn't tolerate it. Not just he was my brother, because actually he was my brother, but I wasn't close with him like I was with my other brother, it was because I could not tolerate abuse like that. Why? I don't know. It just was in my framework. And as I got older, I was able to use my words to stop that stuff. So I've been in in an evolution more or less of love moving forward. I went from, you know, fifth as a little kid to verbal, to writing, to speaking it. Right. So this is a path that some of us are on. And for me, I realized when when MLK was killed, I was devastated. I wanted to be a civil rights attorney growing up. My mother said I couldn't because I could be killed. Every framework in which I wanted to move forward to teach love, you know, in my teens and 20s to move my life in that way, my mother told me I couldn't because I could be killed like JFK, like uh, like Martin Luther King, you know, all these things were happening. So I pulled way back and... When I came into this life, this part of my life, I realized that the work that I'm going to be doing and that I started doing could be so um, controversy, you know, controversial that who knows what somebody may do to me. But I realized that I love my life. I love my experience and I love humanity so much that I am going to keep moving forward in the framework of love wherever it takes me it will one day take me to countries that, you know, today I might feel like they may, you know, I may get shot. The, that, that's that's on the far scale of, of the whole love revolution thing. But it starts on the self-love within each of us. And it starts with watching our conscious awareness. It starts on watching what we say outward because our body hears everything and holds on to it and interprets it. Just like when... We get up in the morning and we say there's, on the average, in the first two hours, there's 17 negative things that the average person says about themselves. So this And is it may not be don't... out
1: loud. I think that it's important for That's people right. to understand that it doesn't have to be out loud. If you're thinking it, you're saying it to yourself. That's really That's super right. important.
0: But oftentimes people will get dressed and go, oh, that looks horrible on me or, oh, I look fat or I look this. We do say that out loud sometimes. Oh,
1: what are you saying? They look at the mirror to wash their face, and it's like they're examining their wrinkles and looking at their zits, and you know, complaining about their crow's feet and Oh my God, I need to go get Botox, and my hair's not straight enough or curly enough or whatever it is. (laughs) I mean, we can, you know, we could really rip ourselves apart if that's really what we want to do so easily.
0: That's right. And so so learning and examining and practicing self-love changes the conversation internally, changes that interpersonal dialogue. One of my existing clients right now, um, she's lost a lot of her hair, and she feels really horrible about herself. And mm-hmm. what, what you do is you work on literally changing who you are, falling in love with yourself, so that, yes, the aspect of the visual change, too, but you're not depressed. You're not want self hatred. You're not um, wanting to end your life because you know you're not happy. I hear women talk about not being able to have children or get married at the appropriate time in order to have children, and they spend the rest of their life mourning and mourning this decision or mourning the results of what happened. When we change our concept of us, all of that changes. What would happen? We would expand out to love others and bring them into our life. The opposite of love is fear. Fear, what comes from fear is anger and everything else is in fear. So if we're not living in a place of love for ourselves, for our person, you know, our neighbors, whatever, that, that concept of loving outwards, we love ourselves and then we love outwards. Can we still love people if we don't love ourselves? Yes, we can. Yes, you are worthy of love and finding love no matter what. But the truth is is we as we grow in love internally, we expand the depth of that love. And so our connection, our energy is specifically different to the world than it used to be. Those who just get up ho-hum and do their daily life and yell and scream and, and don't have a balance, I don't see those people, and most people will agree with me, we don't see that type of a person wanting to change the world. They can't even change their own life. So as we move into love, we change ourselves. We change our relationships with the people around us, the ones that don't support us, the ones that are not like us, the ones that bring us anger disappear out of our life we have to let them go and we move forward and bring in more people it's like picking beautiful berries say in, in washington in a beautiful forest somewhere you're picking these glorious berries and putting them into their basket into your basket because you love it this experience is cool that's what the world around us is like is expanding out to bring in people towards us Animals, people, experiences, that's what becomes beautiful in life. It's and like you have scary. to understand
1: that it's okay that some people are going to leave because not everybody was meant to stay in a lifetime. You know, so like what happens is like people, I know that there was a time in my life where literally almost all my friends left, all of them, mm-hmm. okay. and because of something that I was going through and at the time it was super painful because i felt like i had no support i had no family support i had no friends support and i really felt super super alone and mm-hmm. you know today i you know and this is many years later cuz i'm talking about like 2009 right now okay 2008 and 9 so like you know now we're in 2018 so um basically 9 to 10 years later today i can see why those people needed to leave my life in fact i was just mm-hmm. telling you this last week is that today yes. i can see that i cannot have i could not have all those people around me because of what they would have done and what i was doing which was so very different and they would have held me back i would never have been able to get to where I am today had I stayed around those particular people because they were negative people. They were sucking my energy. And a lot of times what happens is when you see that there's a time that you need to leave like a relationship of some type, and it doesn't mean a boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be a friendship. It could be, I don't know, it could be a business relationship too. There's so many different types of relationships you have to understand that not everybody was meant to be in your life for the longevity of it and that it's okay. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through some major adjusting because you are, but That's understand right. that this is what is for your best interest.
0: That's right. And, you know, you went through that where people shifted out of your life and it was incredibly, incredibly painful. I remember right after 9-11, When um, my world fell apart, literally, because of um, the the post-traumatic stress disorder complex that I have, PTSD, and everything, I lost my best friend. She just disappeared. I guess she just couldn't handle what was going on. And that has been, she was a true sister to me. And that has been, that was the most painful experience that I could ever even imagine. I mean, literally, I never thought that that would happen. So I can imagine for you, when all this happened, you had to go through that pain by yourself. And so when we practice love and we bring it into our life, we begin to shift that conversation of that pain and that why are they gone and I love you and I miss you, you know, that self-mourning that we go through. We know it with men in our lives or men with women, we, we have a deep luck. but when we do the work ourselves on ourselves. What we understand is we love and value our own personal journey so much that we can respect someone else when they leave our life to love their journey as much as we love our own. Yes, it's harder to say than it is to do, but it's easier of a concept to learn and to take into practice when you do the work, you know, literally. I love you so much, I'm going to release you from me. One, it's better for me, and two, it's Mm -hmm. better for you. So Mm -hmm. it's easier. Life is easier when we practice love. Life is simpler. Life is more joyous. We see the joys differently than we did before. One, because many of us have been in the dark, and then we come into the light. So what does that mean? Everything looks more beautiful, more radiant more special. And it's just this interpersonal work that we do with ourselves. And it's beautiful. And it's available to the entire world. That's why I have my website as a resource site. You can go to my site and you can download anything you want that I have there on self-love. And it will cost you a dime. Now, of course, if you want to work with any self-love teacher or coach or mentor, of course, that does cost. But the point is, is It's out there for the world. This is why these projects that I, myself, and you and I, um, Bonnie, that we're bringing to the world are so valuable. Why? Because Mm -hmm. we are giving the world the gift to change their life any way they can. If they want to read stuff that we provide and watch videos and work that way by themselves, wonderful, wonderful. It doesn't always work for people that way. Sometimes they need a little kick in the ass from... You know, somebody watching and saying, "Yeah, it's done this way, and let's let's shift the concept here. How does this work? Let's tweak that." But everybody should jump on their own self love journey because each and indiv- each individual is strong enough to pr- create and change their own life into love without support from another. If you need support from another, there are those out there to help you. And 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 with me saying that, that doesn't mean that you should not. I use coaches all the time to move me forward on different levels of business or something else. You know, I've used mm-hmm. Bonnie for years. funny. I've used Bonnie. I've used Bonnie for years to shift my health um, issues to where, you know, there was uh, two and a half years ago. I went to Bonnie with with knowing that I could die, and she helped me with the anti-inflammatory and we removed it out of my body. And what mm-hmm. did that mean? That meant I was happier, more clear-headed. My body felt better. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Well, and thing. It,
1: changed your, it, it changed your physical condition, too, most importantly. Well,
0: yeah. well, well, that's what I mean. That inflammation was out of my body. So Right, yeah. but,
1: people, but, but I think that there's a disconnect for most people between knowing that inflammation's out of your body and that you've healed your issue. You know what I mean? Like people right. don't associate inflammation with, oh, my body changed or my body healed or I was out of pain or I was this or I was that. Unless they went through anti-inflammatory eating, they just don't understand that.
0: Right. So one of the aspects of self-love that I want to bring up its sister is, is absolutely just as valuable and important and part of the process of self-love is body love. And that's Mm -hmm. the stuff that I teach too, but Bonnie is, this is like where Bonnie stands on the mountaintop and shows everybody, literally, it's about every aspect of your body. It's about Mm. every aspect of you. So I teach, which partly I think I I was inspired by a documentary Bonnie was putting together about body love years ago, is Mm. about honoring our bath, our bodies in the bath even, giving gratitude as we wash our body parts. Mm-hmm. This type of awareness and love for ourselves internally we can manifest and create on our own body. What does that do? Wow, it changes everything. People who are, you know, I am not a tiny girl, I used to be years ago. I'm not a tiny girl, but I am gorgeous and voluptuous and and I love my body and I love myself. Why? I'm most people say you have more confidence than anyone I've ever seen. I do but that's because I've done the work. I've learned to love myself. Would I like to feel a different way sometimes? Yeah. And So then I get back in and do the work. It's about constantly being on your love for your body and your inner self. That's where it's at. Your life is happier. You create more things and you're building a life that literally loves you back.
1: And you feel good. I mean, this is like, I think that It makes you feel so good. Like that's the difference is like, you know, most people walk around existing through life. Like they're they they are focused on their to do list and they have like a million things on it. Right. And it Mm -hmm. never gets done, as you know. And, like, that is how they actually move through life. It's, like, all the things that they need to do in a day. And then the day is over, and they sit down, and they have their meal, and they watch TV, and they go to bed, and then they get up, and they do it all over again without really enjoying most of
0: life. Right. Right. So, Bonnie, we are out of time. This <laughs> is so funny. Now I come back in as one of the hosts. <laughs> um, our producer just said that we have one minute. So – Um, how would you like to wrap this up?
1: Well, I would just say, you know what? If you are having trouble loving yourself, if you're feeling depressed, if you're upset, literally contact Mia. Self-love is like a really, really huge thing. And it can take you from hating yourself to loving yourself and being able to create the life that you really want and love. And I think with that, we're ready to go.
0: Lovely. And I just want to say, I answer every single email personally so that I see, and it, does, it comes through my email, I see it. So I will answer your email. So with that, everyone, thank you, and have a lovely week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.